Hi, this is Bob, and welcome, my friends, to today's podcast. 2020 was a rough year for all of us. Um, the world has gave us a lot of lemons. Um, some of us are told we make lemonade out of those lemons. Well, today I'm reviewing Standing on the Edge by Rob McCauley. Instead of making lemonade, Rob McCauley makes amazing solo albums. This album is, from top to bottom, a great account of life and uh, what it's given us and how to get through it. There's a lot of positivity as well on this album. Standing on the Edge is an instant classic song. Run Away is a beautiful song. And in our my interview with Robin, you will hear the story behind that song. If you haven't heard this album, I invite you to take a chance to give it a listen. Robin's voice has not changed. He has definitely found the fountain of youth. I rate this album a 4.5 out of 5. And here is my interview with Robin. Robin. How you doing, Robin? You know, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it well. <laughs> How come I, I can't see you? Or are you just hiding on me on purpose? Um, I'm, I'm hiding on you on purpose. I'm... I normally do audio interviews, so okay. you won't want to see me right now. <laughs> I can't see you, but can you see me? Yes, I can. Oh, well, I'll try to keep a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, my friend? Doing well. I want to thank you for taking time to today. Hey, it's my pleasure. And where are you, to be precise? I know you're East Coast, but where are you? I'm in Ohio. Oh, in Ohio. Paul Shortino is from Ohio, isn't he? Yes. Yes, he is. I'll have to call him and tell him that his neighbor was just talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to congratulate you on an amazing career and uh, a great solo album. I wanted to tell you... Oh, thank you. You know, um, I give you a little, um, a little surprise information that I just got less than 30 minutes ago. So the label just uh, emailed me and said that... Uh, I just uh, charted on Billboard US, so um, I'm absolutely blown out of the water because I never expected anything from this record other than, uh, you know, they said, give me a solo record, and I went, no, I don't want to give you a solo record, <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did, and uh, this morning we just, uh, we just charted on Billboard, so um, <laughs> how lucky am I at my age, right? I'll tell you what, uh, my experience with listening to the album was, um, once I had gotten through it, um, I went and put in a perfect timing, and, uh, oh my God. and, uh, really? and I heard that you like to go to the beach, is that correct? I love to go to the I'm only like, at a push, 40 minutes from the beach, uh, Malibu to be precise, so, uh, the current single actually want to take a ride uh, was kind of the inspiration behind that because you know we were in this lockdown and uh, 
French. I went, fuck this. I'm going to the beach. <laughs> so I hit the beach, no mask, fresh air. And I want to take a right, Kim, out of it. It's kind of a happy, positive, summery kind of song. And, and I went, yeah, you know, it's my solo record. I can put something like that on there. You know, uh-huh. makes me happy. So um, I got a lot of positive feedback. People are going, ah, oh, dude, that's exactly what I needed to hear. <laughs> Absolutely. But, but um, when I threw in perfect timing afterwards, the reason I asked about going to the beach is um, after this interview, I'd like the coordinates to that beach because you have definitely found the fountain of youth. Your singing is as strong or stronger than it was on perfect timing. Oh, thank you, man. That's that's very nice. Uh, um, it's it's. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that, that some people that I've been talking to have said uh, if there was anything that you could change or you thought you could do better, what would it be? And I said I would like to take probably all of the records I ever recorded and re-record them with the voice that I have now. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that backs up what you just said. Yeah. yeah, I think I, I think I sing better now than I did then. Maybe I was just, I don't know, maybe I was just learning. Um, you know, you're supposed to learn as you move on. So I guess I picked up uh, a few things along the way, but I feel pretty good, thank you. Um, I also feel fortunate, Robert, that I uh, I can still use my voice and um, I still love what I still love to do what I do, so that's kind of kind of the bottom line, and I, I hope it it it, uh, it comes out in my performance because you know I'm generally a happy kind of a dude. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to know if you could give me some insight on this song. Uh, um, the uh, on standing on the edge was that definitely a. Uh, a song uh, addressing the pandemic and how people are feeling. Absolutely. Um, I think it was probably the first song I worked on. Um, and so just very, very quickly how the songs came about. So, you know, when Frontiers approached me to do the solo record, I really didn't want to do it. That's the God honest truth. Simply because um, I was kind of hot in the heels of the Black Swan Shake the World record, which I absolutely loved. Um, mm-hmm. And so I didn't want to, I didn't want to take anything away from it. Um, and the main reason was I'm really not a solo artist. Uh, I like, I like the, the the security of of a band type situation. Um, I don't see myself as a solo artist. Backtracking a little bit. Um, people said, well, this is the first time you've done one since 99 when you do business as usual. Yes. And what most people don't know, if not everybody, is that that was never meant. It was never written as a solo record. That was a, a first-time collaboration between myself and Survivor guitarist Frankie Sullivan. And we wrote all of those songs. And we tried to pitch all of those songs um, to, to, to a label that would pick it up etc etc um nobody was interested in that type of material simply because it was 94 and you have all of the grunge and all of the alternatives so it didn't exactly fit the 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 theme of the music in 94 and so it sat around um until the japanese label picked it up in 99 
solo record. And and so we rushed around, took a couple of photos and yada yada. Now we have business as usual, Rob McCauley solo. It was never meant to be solo. This was a solo, is a solo record. It was uh it started out with me not wanting to do it and um not really knowing what to do, Robert, you know. And so I reached out to all of those people you see on the album cover to try and get a little snippet of where I came from musically with my Grand Prix days and working with Howard Lease, of course, uh, uh, and writing the Rockfall, the Vegas show. Uh, Tommy Denander, of course, wrote with Jimmy Jamieson from Survivor, so there was my contact there. Um, and Alexander Lovettio, of course, Frontiers, Men at the Wheel, who was a phenomenal writer, producer, mixer, and he he said, I'll just I'll just keep sending you songs. I'll keep sending you music. You have a listen, you pick what you think you want to work on, and then we'll decide on the package, the eleven songs. And so I sifted through everything. Um we decided on the songs and I went to work writing the lyrics and the melodies and I think standing on the edge was the first one that I actually finished and I suppose um, I was just spitting out whatever was in my mind and I was conjuring up the label had said to me you know what 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 do you want on the cover of the solo record and I was adamant and I said I definitely do not want a photo of me on there and I started conjuring up ideas I'm very good at conjuring up ideas um, and so I thought, if I was a gargoyle, <laughs> if I was a gargoyle, what would I see looking down at the current situation? You're watching the news media, which is just tripe. You're reading the headlines, more tripe. Some of it's true, some of it's how true is true anymore, right? right. So I started thinking, if I was a gargoyle, I would look down there, and excuse my French, I would see one big fuck up, right? right. What a mess. Everybody, everybody has lost that that little please and thank you element of respect. Nobody cares about anybody. It's it's. I'm going really, guys. Is that who you are? Is that what we have become in this pandemic? Is that is that the cockroach coming out that we're, we we heard about in the nuclear holocaust? Only the cockroaches will survive. Well, I think they were alive and well for the last eighteen months or whatever it is. You know, coming right. out and, and, and just just tearing it up and just being just horrible. So I just started coming up with melodies and lyrics and it just went down that road. And I, I'm not political. I don't want to be. I don't really like the music platform to be used as a political platform. But tell that to Bob Dylan. Mm. <laughs> or Carly Simon, right? <laughs> um, that's not who I am, but it just came out. I just spat it out and I went, okay, how can I write it in such a way where I'm basically just digging at certain elements, digging at certain elements that will, will, will sort of touch on the subject, but at the same time, create a picture so together with the album cover and the title I, I, I spoke to Alessandro and I went I think we have the title track here and I think we have an album cover and he goes 
just you know there's a there's a great thing once you get the initial blueprint you can start you can start uh, building on to the house and it all sorts of, it, it all starts to fit in you know uh, so it's like a piece of architecture you know you, you put a room here and a room there before you know it the house starts to take shape you know that was a very good analogy wasn't it yes yes <laughs> <laughs> Um, I also was, there's a story. Yes, it was. It was. It was. Uh, it was very much uh, me spitting out my my uh, my dis distaste, if you will. Yes. Um, the song "Runaway" is a beautiful song. Can you tell me the story behind it? Um, that's a really easy one. Um, you know, I grew up um, in in the south of, of Ireland. Um, where I was born, our house backed up onto 80 plus acres. We were surrounded by, you know, Ireland is famous for its racehorses, you know. So, and Guinness, just in case you missed that. Um, <laughs> um, so we would have, you know, you can see the rain coming across the fields in Ireland, <laughs> because the big fields. And we would stand in the corner of the house and we could see the rain coming, so, on several occasions, of course, we'd be way out in the fields from our house, and we'd see the rain coming, and we would just really try to race it home. Simple, keep stuff, really. You'd see it coming, go, let's go, quick. And of course, you'd get drenched and get your ass whipped when you get home because you were soaking wet. <laughs> and, uh, and that's true. And so when the Alessandro sent me all of the music, and I heard that particular piece, it just happened. It was like... It just came to me immediately. I started writing the lyrics, writing the melody, and that's the first thing that came to my head. And uh, it's a really, it's a really cool piece. It's almost like a movie soundtrack to me. Um, but then it, it also is kind of a little soundtrack of that period of my life, you know, as a kid. And and I went, eh, it's a solo record. I can, I can write something about myself uh, as a little boy, you know. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that's kind of where it is. It's, it's a little bit of me um, back in the homeland when I was a little child. <laughs> <laughs> when I think of Ireland, I uh, I immediately come to the picture of uh, Bill Linnott's statue there. Um, can you tell oh me... Oh, my God. What is, yeah. is, was Thin uh, Lizzy um, a big influence to you? I was 12 years of age, Robert, um, when I first saw Thin Lizzy, and I was one of maybe 20 kids sitting cross-legged on a floor at a local club slash bar in my local town. Thin Lizzy had released um, Whiskey in the Jar, which is a, an old traditional rebel song, actually, and they took it. Re, uh, reworked it in in Ireland in those days at any rate you, you you couldn't hear rock music on daytime radio let alone any type of radio <laughs> so Radio Luxembourg um, in another part of Europe would play rock music very late at night and of course you know there was this preconceived idea if you listen to rock music you must be out of your mind and, <laughs> and, and people who listen to rock music only stay up late at night because what 
someone else, right? So that really was the only time that you could hear rock music, if that's what your your taste was. So they started to make a dent. They got a lot of radio play late at night. And then they started to do some shows. They were always around. So here's one for you. I saw the original lineup of Thin Lizzy with Brian Downey still and wow. always on, on drums and Eric Bell on lead guitar. And wow. Phil Linus on the trio. Mm-hmm. So I saw the original lineup um, as a 12-year-old boy. Um, 20 people maybe watching them. Next time I went to see them was at Wembley Arena uh, for the Live and Dangerous <laughs> record. And there were thousands of people. And... Uh, um, I was a huge Thin Lizzy fan. I mean, who? I, I don't know anybody that's not really. And um, the strangest thing, over my years, uh, when I actually moved and lived in the UK for about fifteen years or so, um, when Brian Robertson was in Motorhead, mm-hmm. and, and then when he left Motorhead with Filthy Phil Taylor. Um, Filthy and Brian and Chris Lynn, MSG's bass player, and myself had a project together called TMT. Uh, Brian left after, after I don't know, um, he moved on to something else. But I actually got to play with Brian Robertson, recorded a bunch of his songs that we co-wrote together. And that, uh, that took me into Frankfurt in, in Germany. And uh, Scott Gorham then had a side project called uh, 21 Guns. And I ended up in a studio called Far Studios doing the Far Corporation music where with myself and Bobby Kimball, we recut Stairway to Heaven, which was a huge hit mm-hmm. in Europe. In Europe, And then the producer decided to take one of the 21 Guns uh, tracks, a track called I Wish, and had me re-record that and had Scott Gorman play guitar, and we did uh, a lot of TV work together. And so, from this snotty-nosed Irish kid to ending up as part of my life's career, uh, singing and performing with uh, both Thin Lizzy guitar players, Brian Robertson and Scott Gorham, was nothing short of a dream come true for me, because, you know, as a fan, and now, you know, they're putting up with me singing with them. I mean, you know, need that for a story, right? Absolutely. Yes, a long way around to answer your question. A huge Thin Lizzy fan. Yes, still am, of course. Yes. Um, I wanted to also ask you, you've had the pleasure of working with so many great uh, musicians. Um, What was the best advice that was ever given to you by a fellow musician? Oh, God. I don't know if I was ever given advice um, in that sense of the word. Um, I think, I think actually, I've never been asked this question before, but I think what comes right out um, is you have an element of respect for somebody who just knows more than you do. And kind of nurture that kind of respect and hopefully by your own performance people equally that you are in the midst of will, will 
take something and, and you kind of pass it down. So I, I think I think it's important to to respect each other's talent and 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 if at all possible to bolster it up and to encourage and and I would always encourage anybody that's coming in and around me or aspiring to do whatever, whether it's a singer, a drummer, or I want, I wanted to be the greatest drummer in the world. I started out playing drums and I sucked. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I still think in my head, I'm a great drummer. Um, I never wanted to be a singer. That was just purely by default because the singer that was in the band I was playing drums in said, I can't sing this song, you sing it. So I didn't want to leave the security behind my drum kit and I ended up out front and then somebody sort of whispered in my ear, speaking of respect, um, said, dude, you're so much better than that other guy, you know? Yeah. And, and I went, well, that's kind of nasty because he's been here a lot longer than me. <laughs> and, um, you know, and yoda, yoda, yoda. And of course, you know, people love to people love to stab you in the back <laughs> in this business, you know? Uh, if you can't do it, I'll be right there. <laughs> and, you know, there's always an end to me. And it's like, meaning what they're saying is, dude, I got your job. <laughs> um, that's really what it means um, so yeah I uh, I just happen to love what I do still I love what I do and um, I love working with um, I love working with people who know more than I do because I'm still learning you know and it's uh, oh my god I've been so lucky as you say I've worked with oh my god when I think about the list, I, I it's, it's for me. I, 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 you know, my jaw drops, and I'm going, wait, don't they know that secretly I'm a drummer, I'm not a singer, you know? <laughs> and and uh, and I often wonder why they're working with me, not me with them, but them with me. So I'm forever grateful, and I I, I don't take it lightly. Um, and I encourage anybody, as I said. Walk in there with an open mind and be respectful. You know, you know nothing. When you're going in there for the first time, you know nothing, and hopefully you will leave knowing plenty. And it's a it's a learning curve that should always you should always better yourself, always strive for better. I'm I'm my biggest critic. I record something and I'm going, dude, you sound like shit. You know, and it doesn't always happen the first time you go in. You know, and you learn how to develop a technique if that's possible and quite simply Robert some people will like it more often than not a lot more people will hate it so you're stuck you're stuck in a uh, can't please everybody all of the time situation you know because people have different tastes and that's great otherwise we don't sound the same so we, we don't and so that's where you get variety, I suppose. I hope that answers yeah. your question. Absolutely. Long. <laughs> <Pretty long>. um, <laughs> I don't have short answers. That's my problem, yeah. you know. <laughs> well, you can definitely relate to how, you know, uh, Bill Collins must have felt in Genesis coming out from behind <laughs> the kit and taking over for oh. Peter Gabriel. I mean, that had to be just... Uh, no, no, I don't know. How, how big your history I mean, do you remember a band out of Scotland called uh, Lindisfarne no I do not 
Okay, so Linda's farm, we're, we're pretty, well, in Europe at any rate, they were pretty big. And I actually saw, <laughs> I saw Genesis opening up for Linda's farm on the Foxtrot album with Peter Gabriel when he wore the fox head and the red dress. Mm-hmm. And, and I was absolutely, I, I was, I was, it was theater, it was great music and something completely new for this kid. And, and uh, Peter Gabriel as a, uh, a live performing artist was just, just incredible. And then of course he leaves Genesis and people are going, oh my God, how could this happen? Because it was so good. Suddenly the drummer starts to sing and you're going, excuse me, what? <laughs> right. What, what, what just happened? And, and then suddenly Genesis are off on this, this, this flurry of huge hits and you're going, that can't be because it's the drummer. It's the drummer. Does anybody get that? Somebody, somebody stop tell him it's the drummer he can't be a good singer you know and and of course now you have don henley you know right another useless drummer with with a useless band called the eagles (laughs) 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 so um yeah i mean and of course let's not forget let's not forget ringo yes let's not forget ringo so um yes sir yes a beautiful it's a beautiful thing (laughs) <laughs> I wanted to know if if you could give a message to a, a artist that is up and coming. What if, what would be, uh, in your opinion, a good piece of advice for them to take on to in this in the age of the music music the way it is today? Oh, um, well, let's start at the back end. Um, because I have 22 year old boys they're, they're, they, they listen to a lot of to a, a wide variety of music and if we just stick with the rock genre and they listen to lots of other stuff too but if you just stick with the rock genre there's some new bands um, that've got this 70 sound that's just it's just awesome I mean it's awesome and um, I think stick 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 where your heart and soul tells you to go don't don't copy i mean there has to be an influence of something because it's like fashion you know somebody made this somebody made that and, and you know there's spin-offs there's, that's how we move forward because we take a little bit of everything and and then we make it better and we, we elaborate and embellish it and yada and and um I say stick to your guns. If you believe in something and people is going, oh, dude, it's never going to work. Well, yes, it is. You can never say that something won't work because somebody is going to like it. Back to what I was saying, everybody has different tastes. There's something for everybody. And as a new artist, um, if, this is, if, this is where, if this is where your heart and soul lies, you hone that thing down to a fine art and you do the best and you keep it going, you persist and and you'll find your audience guaranteed because um, that's, the, that's the gorgeous spectrum of, of music. I mean, there's so much music. There's so much music. Some doesn't please me, you know, but somebody likes it. Just because I may not like it doesn't mean somebody else likes it you know so stick to your guns 
hone your craft. Whether you're a guitar player, bass player, drummer, keyboard player, you know, violinist, um, singer, stick to it. Take care of it. Um, and take care of yourself because the better you are, the better player you're going to be. And practice, 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 practice. Can't beat it. You know, when you stop riding your bicycle, what happens? You know it next time you get on your bicycle. You know, just stop running. It's like an athlete. It's like singing. It's a muscle. It's a muscle. I know for me, when I, you know, when I started recording, um, standing on the edge, I hadn't been singing for about six months. Now, when I started to record and do my demos, just to get the rush together, I could feel it because you have to get back into line again and start doing what it is that you know and what works best for you. So gotta always be on top of it, you know, and don't get lazy and uh, it'll work out just fine, you know, and you'll be happy. Be happy doing it. Love what you do. You have to love what you do. I mean, that's, that's numero uno. Gotta love what you do. And when you do, you'll always want to keep doing it. Nothing will stop you from doing it because it's the love of the craft, you know. Ab- so absolutely, yeah. I've I've always had a passion for music, and uh, one of the most satisfying things I've ever done in my life was starting this podcast. And uh, you have the voice for it, my friend. You have a great voice for 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 radio. Well, thank you. Great. Yeah, great voice for radio. You should be, you could also, do you sing? Um, I used to. I haven't sang in years, though. I'm very tone deaf, so it's very hard for me. Um, I don't know. I have I to, know. I have to, uh, when I do sing, I sing against the wall so I can hear it back. Oh, you know, if you, if you, um, a uh, little trick, uh, stand in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. Stand in the corner, and it's it creates a almost like an echo chamber, and uh, just get within five six inches right into the corner, and it'll be fantastic. Or even cup your hands sometimes. I mean, even as you're talking to me right now, if you cup your hands, you'll you'll see it, you'll hear it, a huge difference. You'll hear the depth of your voice and the tonality, and and the great way uh, as a singer for warm ups. You know, if you're in a noisy dressing room and you just can find a little place in a corner, you can, voice warm-ups and warm-ups, it doesn't have to be loud. People always think you have to start to be singing out really loud to warm your voice up. Not true. Same with warm-downs, not just quietly. Quiet shrills, you know. Little things, just to massage the muscle. That muscle is you're going to rely on. You know, when the guitar player is at 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and he doesn't give a shit about the singer. <laughs> we don't know any of those, do we? <laughs> dude, I can't hear you, dude. <laughs> Thank God for in ears. What did we do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, your voice sounds, uh, I hope you take this respectfully, you sound like you'd be a great country singer. You've got that great tex- texture in your voice. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, 
Um, are there any new acts that you are currently listening to? I love me a good country song. <laughs> are there yeah. any new acts that you are listening to at the moment? Oh, I love Mother Wolf. Have you, are you familiar with Mother Wolf? Yes. Yeah, great band. There's another band out of LA called Dirty Honey. Kicks ass. I mean, great stuff. They're just two to get, a, get your teeth around. I also, by complete contrast, I'm a huge Sabaton fan, band out of, out of, out of, uh, um, out of Sweden and Nightwish. I love that big symphonic stuff. It's just pompous and just killer stage show and all of that sort of stuff. So very two, very, very different spectrums. I love the 70s sound. It's just, it's just, it's just stripped down and raw and it's, man, yeah.
upset. I'd like to thank you again for taking time to spend with me today. And remember, come see me for a fix.